indecisive opinion speaker in lurking class, your favorite rock and roll band. I'm just here to, you know, get you guys to watch the movies. Uh, <laughs> well, there, there's plenty of them out there already, and all of them, in anyone's opinion, are important to some degree. I just think, um, and, and you guys may agree, that the, the problem is choosing which ones to watch. You know, my friend is telling me to watch this one. The local critics telling me to watch that one. I can't miss this one. It's going to be the biggest thing ever. I, I mean, I'm kind of wondering who to listen to. Past the movies I've gotten to know really well, I've never, I've never seen this movie before. Oh, so this was your first time. This was my first time. You broke your evil dead virginity. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I've only Imagine... seen this movie 300 billion times. Imagine if someone didn't know it, though, and they just heard the sentence, losing your evil dead virginity. They'd be like, what the fuck is wrong? What? They just don't understand. Is everyone okay? Like, just if it wasn't the name of a movie, Evil Dead Virginity doesn't sound like a like, like a good thing, a particularly great thing. Sounds like a could be misconstrued as, as some sort of a crime in probably a many many different states. Um, Evil Dead Virginity, you know, <laughs> yeah. possibly possibly having sex with a corpse. Um, right, I was corpse, gonna say or, like or a summoning a corpse uh-huh. and having sex with it. Yeah, if it's not a crime, it's definitely like a sex demon. It's possessed ye. It's frowned upon, like masturbating on an airplane, right? Yeah, you know exactly. <laughs> well, come on, man. He was a. Never mind. Anywho, <laughs> it's Evil Dead. Yeah, it's the Evil Dead. It's the Evil Dead, not the Book of the Dead, not H.P. Lovecraft. Not other things that could have been that, because apparently you are correct. That, apparently, that was the title. It's like I'm gonna have the fact section at the end. It's gonna be a whopper, but we're gonna end up saying so much like during this that I can probably you know end up checking off a few of those by the time I get to it. So it's gonna be good because there's a there's a lot of shit that if people don't know about this movie, I'm gonna say it. And also, uh, I I found out of. A few more random things that I never knew, you know. Nice. It's Hell one of yeah. those. It's one of those great. It's, the, it's probably like the original like B horror movie, you know. Yeah. It's what it's what made independent horror. It's it defined an era. It's got the icon Ashley Williams in it. Uh, and horror like icon. everybody rips it off. <laughs> and yeah, and it's it started this whole cult thing, and it's you know one of the best horror films like ever made uh i do believe that can I, that can be I, a fact as well as an opinion <laughs> i wholeheartedly agree looking back on it as you know the usual three white punk rock gentlemen in their 20s and 30s so this is lurking class welcome to indecisive opinions yeah <laughs> Getting we the most it. normie opinions out there from straight white guys that weren't alive when this film came out. Woo! We made it. We We're out here. here.
we're here um so yeah there's it's uh you know we've done other movies like this so this is not weird for us it's just clearly like it's a franchise that uh we can all get behind and uh it's got a cult following because this first film came out in the early 80s so like 1982 yeah, uh, it's different all over the world because of how the release went with people being but like, like no, I'm pretty no, sure not like here. in America, it was like 1982. Yeah, I think so. I thought it was 81. See, it you know, that's one of those things that that was not interesting enough for me to get, which is with all these other movies we do where there's no information on it, that's like the only thing I can tell you is the release date and time will be on online or on imdb or some website you know there's Mm -hmm. so many other things about evil dead because it's been around for so long and developed that huge cult following and defined the 80s horror movies or was one of the movies at least to define you know 80s horror horror films in general so there's a lot of shit in this and we've done like three other movies pretty much the same genre you know and i can't find jack shit because there's a million B, C, D, Q, Z horror movies out there that no yeah. one knows about that that have no budget, you know, that are released in a very small, you know, dude. L- let's just start it off. What if Stephen King didn't see this movie? Boom. It, would this be a thing? Like, th- like that was him, you know, that was all him. That got this film all over yeah. the place. He's so, the review on the on the poster of like yes. the he- coming out of the ground. That's his review. Like he, this is one of his favorite horror movies of all time. Stephen yeah, King I, in the early '80s saying this, like it's instantly famous. Instantly. See what's very interesting about that too is it could have not happened. <laughs> well, could have not happened, but but also more importantly, it's like I think maybe it says something to Stephen King's and and what really. Um, we'll call it influences him because like looking, looking at, right. at the books that I have read of his, and I think today he's written over, I think 63, 64 books. I've read about half of those. I yeah, own about sick. half of those. Not to mention and, the novellas and the short stories yeah. or anything too. I, I can't uh-huh. see, I count those as like collection, like Skeleton Crew, for example, that's a collection of short stories. So like I designate right. that as a book. Either way, what I'm getting at is as far as content is concerned in his books, right? the idea of like the occult and like summoning the dead and things like that, he teases on those subjects, but it's never been an overwhelming thing. He's really delved into. He's delved into aspects, aspects of those, um, you know, as far as like rebirthing or bringing people back to life that were dead, like in revival, for example, like he, he, he dances around those subjects. Um, He deals with like elements of the occult um, and, and wizards throughout many of his books and dark, dark arts and things like that. But, as but far never, as never like goes full on evil dead or never goes full on evil dead you know? even even honestly like even with the idea of like zombies and stuff like for example it's like with cell it's like that's a very specific type of zombie so like he 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 definitely was as you pointed out this was something that was on the fucking movie poster but it, i find it very interesting if he didn't see this and right what, then, what, then what, what would have been happened the first movie what could have yeah. right we're now the lurking class what if podcast thanks disney you know like that i don't that's just starting from just where this is you know because none of us were alive we don't know the impact of these you know john carpenter Wes craven sam raimi movies of like the 70s and 80s we just see them 
growing up in the 90s or 2000s and it's obviously like oh yeah there's something here in these types of defining horror movies you know or at least horror specific Stephen King does whatever but he's still like a horror author kind of you know for the majority at least yeah so when you have the biggest guy in at least the horror uh, book novel, maybe if not like his films, you know, Shining was out by then though. So obviously the movie's a lot different, but people are aware of his existence still. If the Mm -hmm. biggest like guy like that, just you have his name right there. If you have that, that probably just did it all, you know? Yeah. Like what, what, like what else is there? People, Stephen King endorsing the evil dead is my in my mind, since I can't find something a fact like this because it's so you know in small print, uh, that I think that was just like that was everything. Imagine the five percent of the people that saw that movie in theaters around that time saw it, and then Stephen King put his stamp on it. That's the other 95 percent, in my opinion. Like, yeah, it's the very small fans of that era. And people that knew Sam and Bruce and the people, Michigan, in the movie, they all watched it, you know? It's that type of, like, the horror movie from your state. But then mm-hmm. it goes to fucking, you know, like, Can or Sundance, and then suddenly, like, everyone knows about it. Like, that's not what happened here. It was just some budget fucking movie that then they got enough money from the studio, which wasn't enough. And Stephen King is the one who brought along New Line Cinema. That's what it says. That's a thing. It's a thing, Kim. Like, him putting his stamp on that is what brought the big guns to be like, hey, what's up? Your movie, it's... We want it now. Be a part of us. Be a part of us, and then you can do more things, because that is what the sequel is, you know? (laughs) It's one-upped. It's just, hey, we had a little more money and stuff this time, you know? Like... Didn't well, have terrible it, lodging for all the crew and people quitting halfway through. Mm-hmm. Definitely, it definitely, I think, in a sense, as you pointed out, it helped legitimize and I think make it real for a lot of people who either A, never fucking heard of it, or B, were kind yeah. of skeptical about it. And I, I think regardless of how you feel about the movies themselves, it's anytime you have individuals that will lean in and endorse something, especially a piece of art like cinema you know some sort of a film or a book or a fucking comic it doesn't matter anytime you have somebody that's influential in a scene or in a movement as you pointed out with Stephen King being like kind of this bastion of like horror novels um that's a huge deal that's a huge deal for I think a lot of people who are strictly critics not people Mm -hmm. who just don't have anything to do on a fucking Saturday so they go see a movie talking people who live and die by the fucking critics and and that I think helps bring it to the I don't even want to say bring it to like the the masses, but it brought it to those people who wouldn't just go and see a movie randomly. Like they would yeah, see, I, you know. I think of it as the mainstream kind of like the small percentage sure. of people are they're in that bubble or they're the direct fans of that exact type of movie. And mm-hmm. let's face it, like those, you know, be independent horror movie, whatever type of genre fan you want to call it, has just there's been more and more since this film came out. Like that was the start of it. So yeah. there, w- there wasn't people across every state that are like looking for this type of movie. Like that's, that's later. That's way later in the eighties. Suddenly like, Oh my God, dude, this is, this is right after all the slasher movies like just started, you know? Mm-hmm. 
So I I just think the Stephen King thing thing and then bringing along New Line Cinema is really what brought this to the masses as as Lou was a uh, yeah dating. You know, I don't know. Yeah. You think you think so, Joey? Like I, I, we don't I know. We so. weren't alive. <laughs> no, I, I I mean everything you guys are saying is like making sense. I mean, there's no way nobody I don't think as many people would have seen this without Stephen King shit going on, you know. It just because doesn't seem it, like back then he could say it after a million people have seen it and then it would make a big impact. Like, I think yeah. him saying it brought all the different margins of people or whatever you want to call it. That's how well, it brought the masses. It, it brought the, the masses. masses and, and also it's like when you have somebody that endorses it, that brings in a studio and then you grant access and you start making it accessible to strictly critics, there's mm-hmm. obviously then a subsection of people like themselves yeah. as i said they, they live and die by the critics but it yes. even trickles down further than that because then you get fucking local people and local papers or city papers and they're like well i gotta do a, a review about this because big shot so-and-so did a review of it and you know for their big periodical or for whatever it just hype builds hype and right? then yeah. it just that, trickles, hype trickles hype. down trickles yes. down to trickles down to all the to everyone until yes. everybody's seen the movie it's that type of movie where if I tell my parents and describe it enough, they'll like remember it. But you know, they're mm-hmm. getting like they're getting old enough to not remember, you know, day to day shit. So somebody that was still alive in the eighties around that age, you know, just you knew you knew it. It's a thing. It became yeah. a thing. You, you just probably say Evil Dead. Oh, I've seen that movie. Evil you Dead know? was one of the. You know, it was one of those things because where for me, if we're gonna get into some some segmenting on like when I first saw or heard or whatever about this type of movie. It was, it was in high school. Like it was way later than you'd think. It's like 2007 probably of me being like, Oh yeah, I've came across it. Like NBD. It was a thing, but it was no scream or something, you know, was my mindset back then. But I didn't know there was like, two versions of it you know like i said this is like 2007 way after any of these films came out and i still like didn't understand the difference between the evil dead and evil dead 2 Mm -hmm. dead by dawn you know like the way that that works of how it's just like a retelling like a do-over or something like i mean it's definitely confusing they don't address it in the tv show yeah It's definitely confusing if it's your first time watching the movie series because it it took it took me a while to understand that that there's supposed to be the same movie but done differently. Right. It took while I was while I was growing up and watching this, you know. Yeah, you were probably a little younger. Oh, I was I've I've watched this since I've ever since I can remember. All right, so like eight or nine. You you can't remember things much earlier than that. I don't have faith in your remember, old child I, memory. Yeah I, yeah, I can't remember shit from when I was 18. You couldn't remember so shit. That was only yeah. that was only like a couple of years ago. <laughs> all right, so Joey first saw this movie a couple of years ago because that's all that we can uh we can, we can get out figure of my brain. out until we incept <laughs> him in the literal inception way of plugging ourselves in and finding it. But I I just I never like saw the entire this one 
like until then, because I didn't know Evil Dead Dead by Dawn was like Evil Dead Two. I thought it was called like Evil Dead Dead by Dawn. You know, really, it was it was just one of those weird, yeah. Because Army of Darkness is Army of Darkness, so I never yeah. thought there were two Evil Deads. Like that was it. That's fair. And, and I always liked Army of Darkness more when I was younger because it reminded me of like Jason and the Argonauts and shit like that. Obviously, but like yeah. funny, funnier and more fun. But I, I like didn't know there was two versions of the movie, kind of as if that's what these first two are. So when I was, you know, hanging out with some friends or whatever, and they're just like, "We're gonna put this on," I was tuned in, being like, "What is this? A prequel?" And they're like, "This is the original thing," and I'm just like, like you know, imagine seeing the other two movies before you like saw this movie. Basically, is what. I'm oh yeah, it, it would definitely so, confuse the fuck out of me at least. I I wasn't, I, you know, I couldn't grasp it at first, and then as the movie's like continuing. And it gets toward the end where it's just Ash or Bruce, you know, mm-hmm. by himself, pretty much. I was like, "Oh, this is, this is like the second, the second one now in my mind of what I thought was just the Evil Dead movie." <laughs> oh, this is very much like that Evil Dead movie. I'm, I'm aware. I, I figured it out as it went on. You know, figured it mm-hmm. out. But yeah, it was a weird way to go into this franchise, and only grew to love it more within the last. 10 or so years or whenever since then. So I think that's really what kicked it off for me, even though it might not be my favorite of the trilogy. I like this one. And now Lou gets to talk about when he's first saw it in sure. Blue. Sure. So uh, I can actually remember this quite perfectly. Um, when, my buddies, when my buddies, uh, we'll say eighth, <clears throat> uh, somewhere between eighth and ninth grade, somewhere in that neighborhood. So you got to think like 2002, 2003, um, one of my buddies brought over a disc, and on that disc, there was the original Evil Dead uh, video file, also a video file for Danger High Voltage by Electric Six, the whole music video, and <laughs> wow. there was there was one more thing on there. I think it might have been like Thriller or something. I don't know. My, my buddy right. like had this weird, like eclectic fucking Sounds thing about, right? about, about like videos, like specifically like visual art. So he kind of had this, and he's like, dude, check this out, and... I remember, and, and I think I mentioned this before to you, um, unpopular opinion, not super crazy about Evil Dead, even though I understand the, like, the significance of it. And we'll talk more about that. But here it is. But when I first, but when I first saw the movie, I knew that it was important. And I knew that it was important because up until that point, I'd seen various fucking movies that were way scarier, but were not done, that, were, that looked better. And what, I, what I'm getting at is like, they had a movie, which at the time I'm like, oh, fuck, you know, you can kind of see the strings and fucking weird camera angles and shit. It's clearly low budget, but they're still accomplishing the same type of shit that, you know, insert your movie franchise that Fright Night is going to accomplish with certain special effects. And like they yeah, basically were, were, were on par like it. And to me, like, even though it wasn't like, wow, this movie changed my life, like I understood the significance of it then. And that pretty much kicked it off from there. I think I ended up getting a VHS copy of quote unquote evil dead two. And then from there, army of darkness, like was just natural. It was my, right. all, all, all my mm-hmm. friends had like copies of that, but, um, but yeah, that was pretty you Colin Cimino. I know you're not listening, but if you are, thank you for that, uh, that uh, the, the, the video copy that I think what really creeped me out and what really sold me on this, as far as it being like, this movie's fucked up is clearly like the, the, the vine scene that everyone remembers, right? Like, 
that was a thing. Right? Yeah, everyone, everyone, that was the thing. Yeah, that was a thing. So like that to me really like <laughs> blew me away. It really blew me away. Not not in like a hey, this is arousing, but more like wow, this is kind of fucked up. Ah, you know, like this is fucked up. And thank you for explaining it. Correct, and it, it wasn't <laughs> anything I'd really seen. You'd seen extreme shit, you know, growing up. It's like I watched Steam Skull snap dudes' arms off. But, like, to watch a, an, an, an animate vine penetrate somebody was like, this is crazy. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, this he, is crazy. The tree sex scene. People would literally tell me, like, you haven't. This is that 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 night with my friends when they're finding out I've never seen it. They're like, so you, you never seen the, the sex with a tree scene? And I was literally like, what? And obviously in my mind then. You can imagine the pictures of like, you know, Jonah Hill as super bad esque looking dicks, like, but a tree, mm-hmm. and then penetrating a human, like a cartoon in my head is forming, and I'm like, oh god, this is this seems terrible, not right. arousing at all no. either. And then we watch the movie, and it was fully that. It was yes, I've never seen this before, but also this is uh, this is okay. Didn't have words. <laughs> yeah, it's it's definitely it's shocking. It was disturbed. And it was shocked. disturbing, and and that's that's I think really the the point that I was getting at. Like I said, it's like you have all these other like big budget or larger budget like either franchise movies or horror films, action, whatever it might be, and they're getting the same kind of shock in my you know young and limited fucking outlook. You know, in in eighth and ninth grade that other films are getting for me that are clearly way more hyped up that I've seen the posters of in fucking movie stores that people are talking about. Like I'm not, not I, come, I come from a kind of a smaller town. So it's the, the evil dead wasn't necessarily fucking conversation as we're sipping you who's in middle school. You know what I'm saying? Like that yes. wasn't necessarily, you me know, <laughs> lunchtime convo, so to speak. So <laughs> it, it blew me, it blew me away. Like just, I was like, ha, this is, I feel weird watching this movie. You know, like this makes me feel strange. Yeah, it really isn't lunchtime convo. You know, <laughs> no, no, in two thousand three or something. Yeah, uh, there's the shot is really unsettling. Like the direct shot of when she's tied down, and you see, and this camera's like slowly panning sideways, like from her leg up to her head, and it's then like, I, I knew once it gets there. Yeah, I knew right. it immediately was going to happen. It's eluding very hard, but then there's the shot from like the spread leg, like the doctor giving birth, the doctor's angle, and, and just the a tree br- going the, in, and the tree just shoots in, and it's a second. It's like within one second, her head turns, and the tree, it, the tree shoots in, and everything at once. Oh boy, it was. I was literally probably thinking like, well, I hope there's not more of that as this goes on. And then it got, you know, blood and possessions and people laughing and being weird and chopping each other apart. Yay, more my speed. All right. Before Which most people be- might not think. <laughs> before before we move past this, because I know that we're going to move past this, but I'm wondering if this movie, because it's kind of kickstarted a lot of different things. Mm-hmm. I wonder if this movie inadvertently kickstarted like, the the whole like tentacle porn type thing that movement oh could have been that too because i feel like this was definitely in line with you know all of that type of stuff and it occurred i feel like early enough to where it could have like stephen king being influenced by this movie to write x y and z 
maybe there were artists who watched this and felt a certain way and decided to adapt that to different scenarios and situations on, you know, on their canvas, if you will. Right. right? X, Y, Z sounds good. I'm going to have to see that. (laughs) (laughs) Or it's it's a book. It's Stephen King. Yeah, right. It's a book. It's a book. Right. Exactly. My bad. Yes. 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 Uh, Yeah. No, I don't. uh, Well, there's a lot to talk about in general with this whole film and franchise you know so you gotta you gotta get we can move away we can move away from the the time gotta get near it gotta get near it somewhere uh hey siri was there tentacle porn before 1982 (laughs) she didn't say anything she didn't like it she didn't like that question i can't uh, answer that question that that is that leads directly into like my first time inevitably seeing this was people literally describing that one scene specifically to me Mm -hmm. and i don't know how that gets someone to watch it but you know i knew the other films so i said screw it i'm doing it and the second half of the film definitely feels more like where the evil dead dead by dawn like came from you know Mm -hmm. seeing it the way that i saw it i then understood but i can imagine seeing the evil dead in the natural progression of then seeing evil dead 2 dead by dawn and being like oh yeah they're just doing the end the whole ending of it like to the ex- to the extreme yeah you know like time it, seven you know that when i was watching evil dead this time or the evil dead this time when i watched it i was expecting the fucking deer head to start laughing and like yeah no fucking, not that but i'm like oh wait that's the second movie <laughs> right so that was me also when the blood was like dripping on the film thing and then came out oh, of like yeah. the, the sockets and down the light bulb and stuff i was like oh wait i thought that was in another one and you know it probably is but this is the first one so yeah. it was like oh they did still do that in the first one uh they do still chop bodies apart and stuff in the first one uh i'd like to say especially just to jump to it the official chopping off of the head with like a shovel very much Ooh. seems like how pamela gets her head chopped off i yep <laughs> it just I, goes I, flying <laughs> just 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 there's obvious like reference to like slasher earlier horror type stuff in this movie mm-hmm. even though it's roped in with being a defining one along with those you know surprisingly it's still like yeah that i don't know just you know friday the 13th nerd in my brain and i was kind of just like hey like it's a thing that's referenced a lot that's a pivotal scene in the first friday like in that franchise so you know like a year or two later this movie comes out it doesn't seem that it was kind of shot around the same time though that's the thing like yeah, the yeah, evil dead so. was 79 like, and 80 and that's like when friday the 13th was it was 79 you know and then came yeah. out in 80 so kind of around the same time one's in new jersey one's michigan or in tennessee or whatever like maybe it's not at all maybe it's a significance because act or ash has like an axe in the movie and like the dude scotty like uses it and stuff mm-hmm. but when he when he finally chops linda's head off it's like a shovel i think yeah so it is a shovel just, they could have had yeah. the axe and then it would be the exact same thing and that's why in my mind it feels like no, it's homage because we didn't use the same exact instrument and like mm-hmm. even even the way the camera angle is because 
it seems it's just like that where it, it slows down in like Friday the 13th, you know, and it always shows it in other sequels to that movie and stuff. Yeah. It does it its own way. But um, I just, I, I felt like, oh, wow, that's cool. Yeah, it's like Friday the 13th. That's Pamela. You know, I just, I, I don't <laughs> know why. I was just like, wait, we have a song that's like that. But when I just said it, it sounds like a Weird Al version of Panama. <laughs> Pamela, Pamela, yeah, right. Oh my god. <laughs> Speaking of camera angles, this is the start of the beauty that is Sam Raimi and his film direction and his fun with a camera and not just putting it in one spot, obviously, and mm-hmm. also uh, him and his. The dude, I think, like Tom Sullivan, the visual effects special effects guy. That is another reason can't deny this movie being great and awesome and stuff. Uh, I don't know. Those are the two things that are always kind of hand in hand with Sam Raimi movies, and this is the mm-hmm. first one. Like this, the first thing. So, just picking it apart when you're rewatching it is it's ridiculous. Like there was everything in it in all of his other films. Like I noticed like joke camera angles that were in like the quick and the dead. And suddenly I'm like, Oh yeah, of course Sam Raimi did uh, a a Western spaghetti Western movie. Like, and then here it is in the evil dead. He was already doing it. Like, Oh my gosh, this just makes so much sense. Like certain tilted cameras and the way it just zooms in on people, Spider-Man movies, you know, like, I it's some something about rewatching at least this one when it's the start of all of it. Oh, it's just so special, man. You know, just so near and dear. So good, isn't it? Isn't it it's just so special? Good. Do you guys it's like just... notice those moments though? Like, are there any particular ones when he just does shit like that? That it, you know, it's a horror movie, so I know that's kind of a thing that like Wes Craven does, and but like, I don't know. I feel like when Sam Raimi does it, it's always something I'm particularly like just fawning over. It's so fun. It's just because like Sam Raimi does like his own thing with the camera, you know? Yeah, I mean, he, he, specifically, like, you, were, for... you already mentioned like the quick and dead Spider Man shit, but yeah, like honestly, too. like back back in the shootouts and like quick and the dead, even like when the camera, you could see the bullet go through fucking. Oh mm-hmm. shit! What, what's his face's head? You know, and just the, it just follows after the bullet. Child, it's so fucking cool. Yeah, Keith David. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, but I know. Like, and that he just always does really cool shit in his movies. Yeah, that's just kind of his thing. So, rewatching it, trying to put yourself in like this was the first movie of it. Seeing all those other things come to fruition and him just doing other stuff like that is just like they they found their guy. Those yeah. movies all like work because of him adding his little flair, his camera flair, his, vi- his visual effects, and practical pizzazz. Piz- piz- <laughs> yeah, practical pizzazz. <laughs> Woo! Caught my tongue in a knot on that one. Yeah, I I don't know. I always just have like a whole five minute spiel about him doing his camera stuff. Feel free to refer to the quick and the dead episode and hear the exact same thing. All right. See, if you were to have this conversation with me about John Carpenter, I would do the same exact thing. 
Yeah, I, I mean, every competent director in, in inputs their yes. own signature flair or their own signature vision to it. Now, what I find very like much, and, and this is just me because I'm partial to John Carpenter versus Mr. Raimi. You look at the amount of like writing. Yes, but what we're we're talking specific comparing those two, and what I find interesting about John yeah. Carpenter versus Raimi is John Carpenter is a little bit more involved in the writing process as well as directing. So like uh -huh. you get kind of that you get that mixture of both, where it's like this is purely me, and that's what I think is very fascinating about someone like John Carpenter is is he has the ability to kind of do both, and Raimi yeah. on the other hand basically is like I'm gonna take this shit and make it better. You know what I'm saying? Like he's basically yeah. Like, that is that a, is what he ended fixer. up doing. Like he's the Evil fixer, Dead. Like, evil, he, evil. He does it. No, I know the Evil Dead is one of the only things that like he writes. Everything else that he ended up directing, like Spider-Man movies. You know, he only wrote the third Spider-Man movie, and he mm -hmm. wasn't and he wasn't the sole writer of it. You know, M Night, oh, yeah. M. Night Shyamalan. You know, we talked about him. We did the visit. He writes and directs like everything, all of his things. He's the only guy. He's not at mm -hmm. a table with writers or anything. He's the one dude who's writing his screenplay and then directs his thing. So yep. it is a completely different playing field, it seems like, when you have a director-writer combo like that where it's solely them or a guy taking someone else's work and putting then their whole... Their vision. Uh, in it, their whole vision of yeah. somebody else's... I don't know. It feels very much like how we write songs, honestly. Like, I like being the drummer where when someone brings a chord progression or construct or whatever, and it's just, you do your thing underneath it now or whatever. You do the drum, make bang, bang now. And I'm like... Make bang, bang, good. I'm like, this is the greatest thing on the planet, you know? So I feel like maybe that's <laughs> the partial, me being partial of Sam Raimi. Like, it seems like, you know, because that's what I was saying before i kind of like them all like john carpenter Wes craven sam raimi m night like i kind of like love a bunch of movies that they've done so Hell yeah. Hell yeah. it's real it's it's not like a fucking you know steve buscemi or like don Cheadle type thing or something where it's just like these are my favorite actors it's different with directors and with writers you can't like just pick them out of like who do you love because they all have their own little things in these movies so it's very true of you and makes sense for you to recognize carpenter because you love carpenter mm -hmm. but you know we can we can all say the same thing for a bunch of other yeah. directors in this genre especially like i'm sure joey can have like a million little adam green things that he goes crazy oh, yeah. about and everything. more everything <laughs> yeah right like <laughs> we, we've covered all these people we're doing sam raimi again like you know we're, we're we're kicking this off evil dead style so a lot of similarities but i don't know that's why i mentioned the filming camera angles and the makeshift like way of holding a camera or getting it to fly across an open swamp type field you know that type mm. of shit like that that visual practical effects that's like his thing you know yes it's like it was peter jackson's back in the day too you know but they all kind of still do it in their own oh yeah little, little way you know i don't yeah. know based so I on their, like all that based on their budget based on where they're shooting and right and i, I the think same that's... thing no budget in this movie this is like a no budget another just a company being like here's 90 grand and it's like thank do you it. they're do on it. they're on their knees like thank you yeah it it probably they probably had more money in this 
than Peter Jackson did in Bad Taste. I don't remember what we said, but it's somewhere in there. And it was a low, like, like pocket change money of mm-hmm. what he had, you know? Sam Raimi and Bruce... I, I don't know. Fact section, dude. Like, Bruce Campbell raised a shit ton of this money by, like, selling, like, the deed to his parents' house mm-hmm. or some shit. You guys ever hear about that? That's one of the facts. Really? I didn't yeah. know. Yeah, like, like, his parents allowed him to, like, put... that. That's how, like, he became so involved. Like, he liked acting and being part of Sam's crew, but him becoming, like, Ash was because he was the most consistent, like, person on set. Like, besides being, like, Sam and Ted and Ivan's, like, best friend, you know, whatever. Like, their whole everyone in their families, like, had a part in this. Behind the scenes or somehow. Like, just everyone's listed. Like, Bruce Campbell has a brother named Don, who's in, like, the additional film, like, unit or some shit, you know? It's just... <laughs> they're all involved in it dude like yeah he pulled out so much of his money to make like a lot of things officially possible that's uh that's how near and dear this was to all these small town people from michigan you guys ever been small town from michigan i don't think so small town from new york yeah 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 no that's that is true though but yeah joey for sure town's a blip (laughs) I don't even know if it's a blip. You guys are still in the blip. <laughs> it's like it's like that one spot right there on the map. You got to look real hard. <laughs> that one spot, kind of like this cabin in in Morristown, Tennessee. I almost yeah. forgot what the name of it was. Tried remembering it, which has like a whole legend onto itself. But uh, I don't know. Yeah, every every movie tried like repeating this or like Cabin in the Woods pays homage with like the way they show this big cabin time. and big time. Uh, yeah, big time. I mean the whole oh, yeah. the whole part of I feel them like... going past the bringer of doom and like arriving in the cabin and being in there and then the basement door flings open, that whole however long that is is evil dead. Yeah. Yeah, good little good little section yes. of the movie. Good yes. little, it's like 10, 15 minutes, you know. But yeah, still. It's, a, it's a pretty good section. The movie's about an hour thirty, you know. That's like the hour thirty something of meta, goddamn reference debacle, schmigish smorgasbord, schlippity blue, schlippity b. It's just it references and like pays homage to everything. So dedicating that long of it to Evil Dead, very cool, man. Very cool. A lot of things. I will, I will say too, like the I I did appreciate even like the first time I saw it, and this is kind of getting back to that original point I was making, like for it being clearly a lower budgeted film, just based on the the film, you know, the quality of the film that I was watching. Now, mind you, it was degraded because it was probably pulled from a VHS to a digital copy, and then that was compressed. So, like, there's all sorts of like degradation that occurred. But like yeah. I'm watching it, and like even even watching it at whatever quality it was, it's like I'm still looking at the props that they're all holding and everything seems it was real. And I think that was another thing that like I, the, one of the things I did enjoy about the movie a lot, especially going back and rewatching. It's like this still looks as real as it did prop wise, like when they're actually handling all of the things. Right. Yeah. They're finding all the yeah. artifacts. And it's like. And it's like, you know, they got the Hills Have Eyes poster and it's like, hey, it's like, you know, all yeah, these, like, these small things where it's like, 
it's like, all right, it's like this again, they were able to whatever it was, 90 grand, whatever the fucking the budget was. It's like the shit still looked prop wise, still looked cool, you know? And oh, yeah. I, I, I love me some low budget films. Um, but it was, it was cool to see like that still resonate, you know, now it's like, wow, mm-hmm. okay, awesome. Absolutely. I know. I know. Crazy. Uh, it's a gory fucking hilarious film and whatnot. And, uh, it, it aged like fine wine and cheese and a table and some nice tablecloth and chairs. <laughs> it's the whole package is what I'm It is the at. whole package. Was it's there, the was OG. How That's why. Perfectly. That's why it was up so good. Speaking of those like zoom in moments on faces. Yeah. So specific to like zooming in on Ash's face. Now, how many times is that actually occurring original? The one that we just watched? Because I know that it occurs like pretty significantly in the second one. Oh yeah. Um, it's when, definitely when shit's going, like shit really going nuts. So like the second half of the first movie. You know what I mean? Yeah, okay. Yeah. Okay. It so then he's getting so, squirted with blood at like high velocity yeah, and all this shit right. thrown at his face and gets a camera to the face, loses so some of his teeth. That that like that whole sequence you're talking about, like the joke angles and like kind of the, the twisting of the camera and shit like that that we know from these other films that he's done. It's like oh, yeah. I think I think that type of stuff is iconic. Like you, you know, apart from the, the tree, yeah. the tree sodomy moment, right? It's like <laughs> that the camera the camera angle work especially zooming in on ash's face like you i've seen that on t-shirts black and white t-shirts for you know punk bands metal bands whatever it's like i've seen that on stickers it's like that's pretty iconic it's like ash looking insane yeah face face you know teeth it's like dude you got some nice chompers but it's like that sequence (laughs) is like i've seen that everywhere right and it's like again going back and rewatching it like in preparation it's like damn that fucking face, man. And then they do it again in the second one. Like, it's just like, <laughs> you know, because they have to. It's like, this is, it, it's building on all those iconic images from like horror, horror films that I think really help people remember shit exists. <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah. it's like, look at Jack Nicholson's face from The Shining. It's like, you see that everywhere and you always remember where that shit's from. Yeah, that's see, what Ash's big dumb face with blood smeared all of it. You know exactly where that's from. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I know. I thought you were gonna say how handsome he was. Oh no, he's, he's an extremely he's, an, he's an extremely handsome. <laughs> that man. chin, that, that chin. Dude, he's got that Jay Leno from? chin going on. That's a powerful dude, that's chin. The crimson chin. He's the Ooh, crimson chin, nice. bro. Yeah, I know. I know. That that is though. It's just it's the thing. It's a thing. I, no. Yeah, and the and the Shining and Kubrick that was that was well before this. So faces, it's just like faces. you know faces, the faces of horror, as the they faces might say, faces of death. One might also say oh, too. Yeah. Nice. But, um, the, the faces of me, faces of you. Yeah, <laughs> let's do it. Let's go. So you know, I guess one question: if I had to ask a question to to Mr. Ramey, like my, one of my questions, I think to him would be like when did you know that this movie was a big deal? And I'm wondering if his answer would have been when Stephen King endorsed it. You know what I'm saying? Like, because clearly I feel like, I feel like, I feel like at the end of the movie, like, again, regardless of how I feel about the movie in particular, it's like, I recognize it for what it is. So what I'm curious about is when that moment occurred for him, when he was sitting there, he's like, fuck. For Raimi? Yeah. When, when Raimi was like, okay, I literally had like my now quote unquote defunct or de facto star 
fucking Bruce Campbell leased his parents' house to fund this movie or whatever the fuck it was, right? Like, yes. I'm wondering when he knew. Like, when it really resonated, we made something special. Like, that's the mo- that's the thing I would I'd be curious about learning from him. Yeah, I would. I would too. That's some of the stuff where I can't couldn't find to pinpoint that exactly like quotes and shit like interviews. well you know I, yeah. if i was getting paid and had like some more time probably then yes but uh, sure. <laughs> <laughs> just just on my if we own, had access to sam raimi <laughs> if we had access easily yeah i mean it's not just all right there on the wikipedia page and this is a defining film so there is a lot just on like the wikipedia page mm-hmm. let alone any other site or IMDb or anything. And the and I didn't see anything like that on there. I don't think there was any like when in Sam Raimi's head did he reach that moment that he no, was like, We have accomplished it. <laughs> that's a very yeah. that's a very specific thing, but like I, the, I feel, if you could have dinner with somebody, you know, famous yeah, and you said him, you'd ask him that, right? That'd be your number one question or that, something. That, yeah. yeah, that would be my first question, just because it's you know, for, for, well, I can't speak for everybody, but, you know, for being like, you know, I guess we're all, the three of us are artists. It's like, that's yes. kind of a weird thing to think about, you oh, know, like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? So like, yeah, so I, he clearly knew at some point in his career, we did something huge that changed things kind of forever. Good, good or bad, good, bad or indifferent. It changed shit. It changed the way that people viewed cinema. Christ, it caught Stephen King's fucking attention. That weirdo from fucking Bangor, Maine. That motherfucker likes this. Clearly, we're doing something right, you know? Yeah, right. Like, yeah. How did they cut through? How did that cut? I don't know. It's just. I mean, yeah. I would have probably like three or four Spider-Man questions first, and then I would ask that. But totally, it would be there <laughs> if I was in that situation. I'd be like the whole just web coming out of the hands thing, man. What made you? Wow revolutionary that dude. was a choice was a it's choice. so it's so simple yet elegant and seems like the weirdest thing ever to think about so going exactly in line with him thinking about when did evil dead become the shit you know or something yeah when did you realize it became the shit you when know, did like he realize yeah. I've, I've made an impact or something i know yeah crazy what a film what a film one of the what best what do you guys think of uh so as far as like speaking of like iconic like things being iconic and shit like so what do you guys actually think of the book like first time you saw it what are oh, your first impression yes <laughs> what the, the fuck the is that what, what is that pile of fucking whatever the fuck like burnt pizza yeah, that's bubbly pizza. <laughs> burnt burnt bubbly dough <laughs> It's that's just, not it's, really burnt, and it's undercooked and burnt. Undercooked and burnt, burnt simultaneously at the same yeah, time. Yeah, it's like it's like pizza dough that you like stretched out and everything, but you didn't like oil the or like you know spray the pan before you just laid it out on there. You just kind of <laughs> fucking threw it on there and threw it in the oven at way too high of a temperature, and it then is... it just burned on top, and then it bubbled up. <laughs> yeah, and it's still raw. <laughs> That's it's exactly either, what it is. It, that's it's true. either that or it's like testicle skin. You know, it's just like, <laughs> that. that's like really what it looks like. If yeah. you really look at it, like, it's like, wow, this is creepy looking oh, for man. multiple reasons. It's made reasons. from the skin of a thousand men's balls. <laughs> right. So it's, it's it is, definitely. It is human flesh. They don't say where the flesh <laughs> is from. Exactly. That's, see, that's the prequel Shit. that I want to see. 
I want to see that prequel. I put my vote in with both of you guys. I don't know what else it is. It has to be the shitty burnt pizza or testicle flesh. Like, without a doubt. <laughs> That's a sack. It's a sack. It's, it's, Ew. It it's is just, pretty just shitty. It is like weird, you know, good props and everything, but like the Necronomicon yeah. is like very lifelike mm-hmm. and disturbing in another type of silly way in like Ash vs. Evil Dead TV show or something, you know? Mm-hmm. It definitely yes. Yes. it definitely looks you know, different even, in everything. Even compared to like Evil Dead 2, like they could have yeah, made the still. book look like way better in the first one, honestly. Because I mean, as light of a color it was as it was, man, you think that book would be sitting for like thousands of years, right? It the skin like from it like leather, or the skin turning into leather would like shrink. It fucking Dude, wouldn't have sacks, that bubbly man. effect. Oh well, yeah, well, it, would still, it would still shrink. Joey, it's like quit, leather. Quit, quit exposing that you know all this stuff. <laughs> Oh man, people, I'm just trying. I'm just trying to. Think, gonna... like, <laughs> I'm just trying to say they could. They, I know, that's the I know. one thing they could have made better in the movie is the Necronomicon. Yes, it is the one thing that's true. I found Other that than that, that it's like the perfect that. movie. Well, it's it, and, and I wasn't that, that, that wasn't a loaded to it that wasn't a loaded well. question. That wasn't a loaded question though. Like I was genuinely curious how you guys felt about it because like apart from all the other fucking like iconic shit like yes the cabin the driving up that whole scene sequence fucking mm-hmm. ash's face like the necronomicon it, it, it that's another consistent thing right that we see in this reference kind of just barely there in this one it definitely Correct. gets referenced more becomes heavier so it's kind of just like Bleh, or whatever testicle pizza i don't you know it's but it's the same with the kandarian dagger like they barely show that and it's like way Mm -hmm. longer and oddly shaped like two times in the movie it seems like and Mm -hmm. they don't necessarily call it that and it doesn't exactly look like that when they show it later on but it's definitely like the it's like the necronomicon it kind of changes in every ensuing like film or the show or whatever you know it's like slightly different this shows the little skulls of like whatever's on the handle, but it's not exactly the same in everything. You know, mm-hmm. I don't. Yeah, it it, it just, definitely changes in every movie. Or well, I guess the three movies and then between the three movies and TV show. Yeah, exactly. And it's just like, is that is that their thing with these uh, weird Sumerian objects or whatever? Is they just can kind of just. They look different whenever. Is it all? Are they all different? Like they're shapeshifters. What's what's happening here? (laughs) They're shapeshifting objects. There's so many variants, and there's so many multiverses that we could go down in the Evil Dead universe that I don't have time for this shit. So, Lou, does this relate to Hollow Earth? So I was going to get to that, but before I get before I get to that, I wanted to touch on one thing and basically when they find that tape recording that has like the doctor or whomever is like conducting research um, and is actually talking about that. First of all, that guy's a fucking asshole because anybody who knows anything about any sort of fucking like magical thought, you never fucking repeat like a spell, a seance. You never repeat that out loud and then film it or record it because it's going to be some fucking dumbass is going to play it back. And not understand the fucking recourse of that. So I exactly found that, what that guy's a dickhead. <laughs> fuck that guy, dude. Fuck that guy. Like yeah, he, he put all these over. people in, in in terrible danger because he endangered the whole fucking world. Yes, yes. Because of my one guy. mistake. What was that guy's name? What What is it? You guys are both Evil Dead fanatics. What is? Oh, if you shit. don't know it, it's okay. But I'm curious. It, like, 
because I, I want to say it's in the TV show, but dude, I can't remember I what the fuck his name is. Yeah, exactly. It's like Doctor. That's when uh, they show the backstory of it is in the TV show. I don't think oh, he has a name shit. in the movie. The yeah. only reason no, I say it's, that is it's because only in the TV show. I, yeah, sure. exactly. I just wanted to say I just wanted to say fuck you know fuck Doctor Blank out loud because yeah. like that's the that's the worst fucking the guy's an idiot fucking idiot completely put these guys in peril now to go into my bit about how this relates to Hollow Earth now obviously okay. there has been okay. there's been great many books that have been written about Hollow Earth and there's been many occultists who have studied it and kind of contextualized what it means. Now, oh, no. there's also different races of individuals that live uh, within Hollow Earth. So I believe that we saw what appears to be a representation. We'll call it an allegory, if you will, of Hollow Earth. Now, the contraption that gets sprung open in the cabin. I know the last time we talked about portals, right? We talked about portals, entryways. Yeah. I think specifically the Necronomicon is basically the tool, the instrument that's utilized by magicians to either access Hollow Earth or in, I believe, what is referenced in uh, The Secret Doctrine by Madame Helena Blavatsky. Basically, there are different ways that you use to access this Hollow Earth. Within Hollow Earth, there are different individuals or different races that exist. So I believe believe that the Deadites, as they're not necessarily referred to as, as in this film, but those individuals from the other plane of existence, reanimated corpses, however you want to refer to them, I believe that this was an allegory saying, yo, if you fuck around Hollow Earth, you're going to unlock some nasty ass shit and you're going to have a fucking doctor who's going to put everyone in danger, right? That's why I believe the Necronomicon Goodness. represents some sort of occult book that basically gives instructions on how to access Hollow Earth. There it is. You Dude. heard it here. Not Dude. first. Welcome to Loose TED Talk. <laughs> the shortest TED Talk in history. It's the roaring exactly. applause. <laughs> it was kind of perfect, you know? I was that, that was perfect, Lou. It's it's funny that you said all that, because all I was gonna say is reminds me of friendship, which reminds mm. me of entourage. <clears throat> Dude, and nice. That's, and that's it. And Don't that's even the need entourage to say anymore. for this episode. Oh. Nice. Nice. <laughs> Superhero, <laughs> you know, Ash is the Vinny Chase. He's the superstar, but he stays that you know he stays with his friend Scott. He's like, "Fuck this, I'm getting out of here." Terrible impression of him, but a guy who wants to leave—that's what they might sound like at some point in time. So mm-hmm. he was like, "We're staying here." He literally says something like, "But, but they're our friends. Like, we can't leave them, Scotty." And it's just, you know, that's yeah. that's friendship. That's friendship right there. They don't say they don't say uh, that Cheryl's his sister in the movie either. I don't think that kind of comes up in the TV show later. So no, 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 no. He's, all he friends. does say it in this movie. Oh, he does. Damn, I missed. Yeah, he does. Son of a nutbag. It was very quickly in one time. I must presume, but I don't know. I thought it was another one of those things that just wasn't mentioned. So still, there's like three people that are his friends. Your girlfriend counts as your friend. Friendship. Yeah. yeah. It's in the name. And Girl. how? Friend. Dude, you're... you're. We got some smart people. Words. Dude, words. I'm, I'm, I'm one and all right now. You're one and all? With... <laughs> <laughs> with my words, man. I'm one and all. Dude, you're fucking winning, yo. That's what... Uh... I don't know. That's uh that's a lot. Did good. 
Is there any there any other I, f- I feel like we touched on so many things and didn't get into fine enough detail that everyone who somehow hasn't seen this movie is going to enjoy themselves. So is there any other random things you guys are thinking or they might be in the facts section? Uh, um, I mean, yeah. we covered a I, lot without I, I going we, overboard. Yeah, we co- we covered a shitload. And, and just to clarify, so obviously, yes. I definitely butchered some of the stuff with with the secret secret doctrine, but you get the fucking idea because I highly doubt that anyone who listens to fucking podcasts has ever read anything in its entirety. So y'all can fuck off. But the second thing uh-huh. I want to talk about, I think I think I realized why after watching this movie, like and then watching the second one, why kind of it wasn't like this super huge. Like I love everything about this, and and here it's it's very simple. It's a very simple Absolutely. reason why. It's a simple reason why. It's because. The movies that I've seen that have humble beginnings, nine times out of ten, they're not necessarily when they do a next movie, it's a continuation. This was a literal retelling with a higher budget, the way it was intended to be, whatever it might be, whatever, however you want to categorize it. And they did a great job. Because right. the second one, it looks crazy, you know, it's mm-hmm. way overboard, it's kooky, it's fucking gory as shit. It's it's crazy. But like I think what, what I would have loved to have seen is basically them take the story that's already been established and run further with that, which they do. They do in the second one. We'll talk about that when we get to that movie. But I think uh-huh. I think that's overall like really what like kind of stumped me is like we're basically watching the same movie twice for two movies. Yeah. So yeah, like it is. It, it is. And like I'm not a huge fan of like rebooting stuff. Like I'm very skeptical. I'm very hesitant to like endorse all that shit because we've seen where it's failed. Um mm-hmm. But, like, I think what would have rubbed me a, a better way, right, and not in a sexual way, is basically, like, if they would have just acknowledged it, accepted it. We made a low-budget indie film. It was amazing. And now here's the second one. Let's continue with that story versus let's do this again. Or if they were to do that again, do that down further down the line, right? Like, yeah. it, it, I, I think that was the only – that was, like, one of the biggest things where it was, like, uh, why do that now? But I understand – from a perfectionist standpoint, we now have the budget to do so. We can make it what it needs to be. Pull in a real mean, James Cameron, yeah. you know, like, I, I guess I understand. But, like, <laughs> I, I think that that was, like, the one thing that threw me off big time, like, especially when I was younger, watching both of them kind of in moderate succession is, like, why don't you just – we? I just, I just watched – that was three hours, you know, like, I watched the same movie twice, you know. I think yeah. that – and that's super nitpicky. That's, like, so weird of a reason to be, like, ah – not crazy about it but it's like that that really that's that was pretty much it that was like the big thing that really stuck with me as to why i'm not like a mega evil dead god it's not to say the show wasn't great show was amazing army darkness great these movies are great you know it's all it's all different dude it's the austin powers effect this is another trilogy at least it gets better as it goes on Mm -hmm. because because there's humble beginnings I, Mm -hmm. i think that's i think it's the opposite of most horror franchises that's, or that's whatever where they just get worse so as they special. go on yeah, yeah there's no, there's only three of them or four of them if you count the tv show as like one thing you know there's not mm-hmm. 10 to 12 halloweens or friday the 13th so a bunch of them are contrived and make no sense and shit on plot lines and do do essentially all of what lou just said but mm-hmm. in their 17 series franchises you know this is just like that's it three or four of them but boom so they're all so it's all great but like the greatness gets like one-upped every time yeah i 
if I had to rank it, I'd probably still rank this one as like my least favorite technically, but it's like they're all I enjoy all of them. They all have a special spot. Yes. You know. That's, yeah. that's... This one was necessary to exist. And even though yeah. I saw it in the complete opposite order in life or whatever, like I get it chronologically now. I get the timeline. I can mm-hmm. see it. <clears throat> so we have to watch this movie so we can, you know, get to the other ones. Hey. Yay. It'll be fun. It'll be, and then you know, then you're having fun watching Army of Darkness. It's always fun, and it's like the next, the next, the next two films are like 80 minutes too. Like they're barely Mm -hmm. like you know they knew they they knew what they were doing by this point. Like barely movie length. Yeah, it's it's clutch. They're great. They did good. They're great. Uh, wanna wanna do some some factoid cinema boots? Yeah, boy. Anything that you guys Peter. think you knew, or if Joey met any of the people in this film? <laughs> yeah, I've met four people from this film. Wow, dude. Yeah. So, Ooh. I met Cheryl. Nice. Uh, Linda. Wow. I, actually, I met all three of the ladies. Let's put Ooh. it that way. And then I yeah. met, I yeah. met uh, uh, Shelly. Ted Raimi. <laughs> And Ted, oh. and Ted, dude, he was fucking so cool. He seems cool. He is very cool, man. He's easily oh, he's one of the coolest people I met because, like, how about Doc? It's... <laughs> dude, he's he's just a he was just a rad dude. And was he really short? Cool. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, he was. <laughs> All right, go on. <laughs> um, that's all I need to know. <laughs> I honestly, I Short can't really people. remember Woo. what I was when I when I asked him or anything, but I he mean, was you just. Met him. Yeah, I met him. I met him. I met four people from this movie. I'm really proud to say that. Did you so have was, sign anything? Yeah. Oh yeah, uh, they all four of them signed a poster. Nice. So was it all at the same? Like all four of them were there? Yeah. At, like for Evil Dead shit. Nice. Cool. Yep. It's pretty rad. I'll, I'll show times. you guys the pictures later. Yeah, we nice. like that. Exclusive content. Ha ha ha, fans of you guys our can't podcast. Ha ha ha. Or maybe when maybe. we uh, post this episode on Instagram, we could post those pictures or something. You know, yeah, if you do that, yeah, send remember, them. remember to do that. Yeah, send, done. Them. Yeah, send, it to, send them to Lou. <laughs> we'll be done. That was great. We can do we can do some some facts since that was a fun... <laughs> this has been Joey's meet and greet corner. <laughs> Yeah, Joey's like the, the subset. Yeah, the subsection of like the ESPN shows or whatever. <laughs> Here's my subsection where I read facts that I just looked up on the internet, and anybody can do pretty much whenever and anytime they choose. Thanks. It just might cut the corners and does it for you. Sponsored by us. Yeah, pretty much. So and hopefully one day pizzas. Dude, seriously, pizzazz. Dude, for I'm gonna, real. I'm gonna give you some pizzazz. As much as I can. Uh, the original script called for all the characters to be smoking marijuana when they first listened to the tape. The actors decided to try this for real, and the entire scene had to be later reshot due to their uncontrollable behavior. Okay, <laughs> oh, yeah, that's pretty awesome. Yeah, that's that's rad. I like there's that. A lo- there's a lot of upticks on that, so that one has to be. Tr- has to- I'm hoping is true. These are all things I look up on the internet, like I said. So. I'm hoping these ones are true, but uh, 
Apparently at the end of principal shooting in Tennessee, the crew put together a little time capsule package. They buried it inside the fireplace in the cabin or of the cabin as a memento of the production to whomever found it. The cabin has since been destroyed, but the fireplace and the chimney still intact. And apparently a lot of people vandalize it to this day. So there's no exact location given out of where this was ever filmed. Oh, no shit. So, so Tennessee people, quit, quit vandalizing. Or, don't don't vandalize yeah, chimney. Sucks. I mean, don't do drugs, but you know, yeah. Maybe Just maybe it's not weed. the worst thing. Yeah, maybe I'm like maybe spraying this random chimney out in the middle of nowhere where you're not killing people isn't the worst thing, but you know, I digress. The cabin used as the film set was also lodging for the thirteen crew members with several people sleeping in the same room. So, living conditions were terrible, and the crew frequently argued with each other. Plus, the cabin didn't have plumbing, so the actors went days without showering, and lots of them fell ill frequently in the freezing weather. By the end of production, they were burning furniture to stay warm. Apparently, yeah, right, so that's crazy. And apparently, like, cameras froze because of how cold it was. And certain lenses of cameras like cracked and were damaged due to the freezing cold temperature, apparently. What a bummer. Jesus. I didn't realize the temperature was like that harsh. I didn't know. They must have been filming in like February. It doesn't didn't find a date, so huh. yeah, I don't know. There's a bunch of bunch of fun stuff. Uh, in an interview, Betsy Baker said when she learned producers were interested in having her star in a horror movie, she was so suspicious she would only meet them somewhere public, in a public restaurant. That's 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 just funny. I just <laughs> Yeah, she was one of the weird ones, man. She was one of the weird ones. Yeah, I was going to say, Joey met her. Oh, but you didn't meet Bruce Campbell. And I mean, no, saying, of, that, saying that, that like, would, ha, of ha, course, ha. be the best thing ever, but Neither of you. That was just Jesse. Fucking Jesse. Of all people. God damn it, Jesse. Yeah, he's a Bruce Campbell fan. I get it. But, you know, uh, the thing I was going to say about him was after a normal day of shooting, he would return home in the back of a pickup truck because he was usually always covered in fake blood from head to toe. Nice. And... Uh, there was another fact similar to that. Oh, yeah, and the, the blood was a combination of caro syrup, non-dairy creamer, and red food coloring. So at nice. one point, the sh- the blue shirt the Bruce Campbell's wearing was filmed so much, you know, because he's in the whole fucking movie, and it was saturated with fake blood after drying it by the fire. The when he sh- put the shirt back on one time, it, like, solidified and broke apart. He was, like, shit. trying to put it on. Crusty, <laughs> isn't that fucking ridiculous? That sounds disgusting, man. Putting on one of those crusty ass shirts covered Dude, in milk, crusty Ooh. shirt. At least you know it's not semen. Yeah, but that's true. Like it. Could, it probably still smelled bad. The bodies are like expelling like weird milk stuff at times in the movie too. I always thought yeah. like, that was so disturbing. It's not just blood; it's like white pus and pus, looks like rice yeah. pudding is coming out of them at one point i'll get to that i'll get to that it's, anyway it's unmixed oatmeal <laughs> the thing right uh <laughs> does look like it dude but the the thing about the bruce campbell's house it was that he put up his family's property in northern michigan as collateral so that sam could finish or Ramy could finish uh 
the film and also blow it up to 35 millimeters size, which was required uh, for a theatrical release. So there's some of ooh. that. And Sam Raimi was grateful, and that's how Bruce got on as co-producer. He gave him that extra credit. That was just one of the things. Just that's one dope. of the dang things there. Yeah. Um, apparently they had a friend named Andy Granger, who I'm assuming uh, was not with us anymore because he had... He said something like, fellas, no matter what you do, keep the blood running down the screen. And so they included a scene uh, in like post-production where that blood drips on top of the projector. And that was like a tribute to this this friend of theirs. Oh, shit. Rest in peace. Yeah, R.I.P., homie. R.I.P. But uh, it also says the thing about changing the name of the Book of the Dead, like we referenced. It's like an H.P. Lovecraft thing, because I think Sam Raimi was just super into him. Uh, Mm Yeah. one of the producers changed it to the evil dead pretty much just saying they didn't want that as the title thought it would turn off kids and audiences and didn't want it to be a literary reference. So the, thus the evil dead was born. Nice. What a, more, sh- what a perfect title. I know, right? He did good. It all came together. All these things just came together in this film. That's the story of this film, essentially. Uh, Kind of like Sam Raimi and Bruce Campbell being friends from high school, making a gazillion Super 8 films together, you know? And also Sam's brother, Ted Raimi. I'm sure people know this one, but Bruce Campbell pretty much became the actor out of the group when they were all, like, you know, film buddies, specifically because Campbell, quote, was the one that girls wanted to look at. What? Told you he's good looking. Who would have guessed? That's in the fact section. Bruce Campbell is factually handsome. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. He's the king of B-movie stars, apparently. Interesting. I don't, know Maybe. I don't know. That's what, yeah, it's groovy. That's what people would say. But he's still like, he squeaks into being an A-lister, so it makes him the most famous B-movie star, basically. Yeah. Right? Kind of adds up. Yeah. Kind of makes sense. He was in yeah. Congo, dude. Come on. He was in Congo. He was in McHale's Navy. All right, I don't know any other Tim Curry movies he was in. Moving on. I was gonna just say Maniac Cop, but Maniac Cop one and two. Do you? Oh, go for it, go for it. You wanna? Did I take him? I stole him from you. Sorry, my Tom Arnold movie knowledge is so vast. (laughs) I just had to. (laughs) That's okay. That's okay. I just as far as like Bruce Campbell, besides like Bubba Hotep and Maniac Cop, no, there's a bunch. Escape from L.A. It's like yeah, that's you know. Escape from that's where, my, that's where my knowledge ends. Not even his face either. It's the whole like prosthetic face thing. So you can't even tell it's him. Let's See, see I knew him. I knew it was him immediately. You really did? Wow. Uh, dead ass, dude. Dead ass. I mean, what? you look at him and it's like they made him look they accented his already like yes, they strange did. The good looks. It was the chin and the good looks yes. just, it was super Elvis. Puffed yes. up like he got stung by a bee. I don't know. Whatever. I recognize Steve Buscemi in that movie. Okay, get off my ass. Steve Buscemi literally just put in. on a fucking fedora and walked out of his house and it's like, well, I'm on set now. Like, <laughs> he, he looks normal. The king of character actors has, I, yeah, that's true. I know. He does look normal. I was just making a joke because I recognized I know. him. It was obviously. wonderful. It was a wonderful joke. Uh, that's wonderful. I'm here. I'm here, everybody. Thanks. Uh, one of the film things or film facts was the opening sequence of the evil moving over the pond was achieved by having Bruce Campbell push Sam Raimi in a dingy or dinghy, whatever those are called, while he filmed the shot. 
And another one of when the evil, quote, is like running across the field with the fog. It's two uh, people in the crew, like with a long two by four. The camera is tied to it. And then they're on each side of the two by four, just kind of running like next to each other, you know, holding it basically. The natural shaky cam of it running up and down. It proved to be difficult because there were lots of stumps and tree branches and such. Yeah, they're uh, in the middle of the woods. I yeah, so they, they they fell over. They brought you know they Bruce Campbell twisted his ankle running one time. Uh, Sam Raimi fell over and stuff. They broke cameras and shit. It sounds like fun. Uh, he refers to it as something here once I find it because there's so many things going on apparently. <clears throat> uh, Bruce Campbell described the film's production as a comedy of horrors. Or a comedy of errors, <laughs> not horrors. Comedy of errors and, and twelve weeks of mirthless exercise in agony. Jeez, jeez, sound awesome. Twelve weeks, no. bro. It's crazy. Uh, it's a long Sam, time. Yeah, Sam Raimi and the producer Rob Tapper, who's done most of Sam Raimi's movies. Uh, they're the hikers at the very beginning. Like or the fishermen or whatever on the road, mm. and there's some part on the tape where in like Latin it sounds like uh, "salmon rob des iskaikes dan desrodza," and it's just like "salmon rob or the hikers down the road," something stupid like that. <laughs> oh apparently. shit, that's awesome! Yeah, it's really funny. Uh, there's dude, there's like so much stuff here. I don't know if I can handle it. Everyone, those are about all the really good facts, besides. Other little things, you know, shortening down movie lanes. Nothing that's crazy interesting or pivotal that I could really find. So feel free to deep dive and figure more stuff out because I don't know. There's just so much. I'm going to forget it. And we can at least play one game today because hey. got, a little bit of, got a little bit of time. Obviously, as always, don't remember who won last time. So Me, bitch. Yeah, Joey, right. Joey definitely won. Joey did win. You don't have to be—you don't have to be aggressive about it, Joey. <laughs> I just <laughs> finally won aggressive. one. Wants it to be known. Yeah, it I finally known. won one. <laughs> well, you will by winning. That means you get to go first. <laughs> yeah. And that is for the the game. Whose tagline is it anyway? Yeah. You just gotta guess if this is the tagline for this movie or not. And bonus points if you want to guess the other movie, but you just really need to say yes or no. (laughs) Okay. So, Joey, your tagline is they got up on the wrong side of the grave. No. You're going to say no. I'm going to say no. I am going to jot you down for no points because that is, in fact, a tagline of this what? movie. What? Oh, shit. Get fucked. Fucking dumbass. <laughs> oh, fuck. Uh, I had the upper hand and now I don't. Fuck. Uh. How's it feel being stupid? Not very good. <laughs> Thus, our reigning <laughs> champ <laughs> no longer reigns. Not nah, now. Nah, we'll see. Um. <laughs> so, Lou, number two for you. Tagline is, you know the legends, now learn the truth. I'm going to say that is a tagline. 
You're going to say that is a tagline. I'm going to jot you down for also no points because it's not. Oh. oh. I don't remember. I think that's Bubba <laughs> Hotep. Interesting. I know it's I know it's not. I just write down the yes or no next to them. I don't write down the movie, so I just forget. I just pulled up other one and like uh, you know, similar ish yeah, type things. Yeah. I don't know. Some of the some of the you know, some might be real, some might be fake. Who's to say? But zero points so far. Joey, back to you. Yeah. The tagline is sound the trumpets, raise the drawbridge, and drop the old mobile. Well, well, I would think that's from uh, Army of Darkness. Yes or no, Joey? Answer Joey, the question. No. It's, <laughs> you're pandering, and we don't allow that on this show. No, it's from Army of Darkness. <laughs> so you're kicked out, and... <laughs> no, you're right. Bonus bonus points. <laughs> just yeah. kidding. There, there's no bonus points. It's just boner for points. fun. <laughs> you get your boner points when you guess the correct one. That is Army <laughs> of Darkness, not the Evil Dead. So, one point to Lou. As I what? read your tagline, which... No, 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 I mean one point for Joey. <laughs> I wasn't going to say anything. I was just going to roll with that. <laughs> That's <a> really hyping. <laughs> Motherfucker, give me my points. Joey, you have one point. Lou has yeah. none. And now I will read a tagline for Lou, is what I was saying. <laughs> tagline gotcha. is... Lou. Scream as your nightmares come true. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to say no. All right. Well, you're going to stick with zero points because that is, in fact, a tagline for this film. Not Nightmare on Elm Street or whatever you (laughs) were probably laughing about. (laughs) That was me. I thought that was literally going to be Nightmare from Elm Street. Yeah, Nightmare on Elm Street. What the fuck? No. No. Maybe it is. We'll look that up later (laughs) if it has uh, the same exact one, but I doubt it. Yeah, I doubt it. It's from this one, guys. All right, Joey, gotcha. you still got one point. And your tagline. Send me the question. Your tag. It's not a question. It's a tag. The tag. Send me the tag. The tag says, <clears throat> can they be stopped? That's it. Sure. Yeah, it's from <laughs> it. <laughs> oh, shit. All right. Yep. Two points for Joey. That one's from it. Oh, oh, what's that? I'm going to win two games in a row. Oh, redonkulous. We got a couple more. We'll give Lou a fighting chance. If you, if you win, if you win one more, I think it might be, might be over, but he's hanging in there. So Lou, this is your tagline. Are you ready? Tagline reads too terrifying, too frightening, too much. I'm going to go with no. I think this is possibly from the second one. Way to go. You get a point and your bonus points that are non-existent because that is from the sequel. Yeah. (laughs) Joey gave a go for each of the terrifying, frightening much. (laughs) All right. Two to one, Jose. Tagline is they move, they breathe, they suck. No. All right, you're going to say no. I'm going to say no. The answer is no. I don't remember what this one is from, but it's not that. And it wasn't a zombie movie either, so. Hmm. That's, that's still done? 
Maybe it's from the sequel. That's still done. That's still done. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. Um. Thirty days of night. <laughs> Thirty days of night. Lou, uh, you basically got to get this one right to hang in there, though. Okay. So let's right. see what All happens. Right. Your tagline is the ultimate experience in grueling horror. Jesus. Um. <laughs> Jesus. That's like every horror movie tagline. I know. It's... <laughs> Dude, uh, I'm just, I, I just read them. I didn't make them. I just read them. No, no, no. no. It's nothing <laughs> against you. These are good choices because they're diff- they're challenging. Um, I, I, yeah. I am I am going to say that this is from this was a tagline for the Evil Dead. Ooh, all right, brother. That is correct. <laughs> Damn. So I only oh got boy. a couple. Only got a couple more. We'll see if Joey's ahead three to two. See if he can get in the lead before it's done, or if Lou can to get a steal. I don't know. So, Joey, your tagline. This is it, right here. I'm gonna read it right now. Tagline okay, okay. is: "Be thankful for everything, for soon there will be nothing." Yes. All right, brother. That is not it. <gasps> I think that one is from uh, 28 Days Later, actually. Oh. Yeah. Oh. That one is a zombie movie. Get fucked, boy. Uh, well, dang that it. <laughs> your, your O was just like, hmm, I'm not, uh, not, hap- not happy with this outcome. <laughs> <laughs> not, uh, not too... Not too, not too thrilled thrill. about. Not too, not too thrilled about that one. About, not too not stoked too about what just went down uh, up in this bitch right here. <laughs> so, oh boy, Lou, this one's Yo. to you. Awesome. You still can tie it up with this. The tagline is, "They're coming." That's it. <sighs> two, two words. One Jesus of them's a contraction. Christ. Is that an Answer O or a U? Answer the fucking question. They're coming with the phone. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm going to say that uh, I'm going to say that this is this is from this movie. <laughs> Lou, it is not from this movie, but <gasps> thanks for coming out and playing our game. <laughs> God damn it. It's that's from Thirty Days of Night, the Josh Hartnett film. You are fucking lying. That's not from that. I have no idea what that's from, but I that's not. It it's could, not a tagline in this movie. At least it list, be, listed it by be from IMDb. Anything. It could be from fucking Christmas with the Cranks, for all I know. You okay, know? Like, it, it could be from Christmas with the Cranks, but when you look up on IMDb, what the Evil Dead taglines are, this one's not there. That's all I'm saying. Uh, no, we just, that, that was a good, just, that was a good we, one. There was like ten. That was like ten of them, and there was only four that were. So I they all, I, put the, they all, I put the four of them scattered in there, and uh, re- yeah. Realistically, they were the ones that you chose were good because, like, I'm trying to envision that, like, on a VHS sleeve or whatever, where it's like the Evil Dead, they're coming. Like that works. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like That's that good. works. But, know, it, but the, again, could have been the they move, been they else. breathe, they suck. That might be from Army of Darkness because I remember I picked one from each of the other films. 
I just don't remember. There was the sequel, there was Army of Darkness, and then I had a Bubba Hotep one. And then 28 Days Later, I think. And then I just made up, like, the other two. <laughs> mm. I'm sure that that one is from Christmas and the Cranks. That was great. Joey, yeah, you are still the reigning champ. <laughs> ah! You'll get to go yeah. first on the next episode. <laughs> Thanks, everybody. <laughs> I don't know. That's good. Conclusion? Yeah. Good film. Good. If, if you don't know these movies, go watch them. We're going to talk more Evil Dead soon. Yeah. Yeah, bitch. Maybe, maybe write a song about it. Who knows? We're prone to these things. Just saying. <laughs> Horror movies? Uh, music? They go together very well. We're going to write music about the horror movies because we've already... They know that. We have, we have two <laughs> songs out now that claim this. This is truth. I, yeah, so...